Hi, I'm Ben Harper. Hey, this is Brad Lukowicz. Hey, this is Lou Temple. You know me as Axel on The Walking Dead. This is Smooth Bess Henderson. Hi, this is William Duvall, singer of Alice in Chains. Hi, this is Jim Cuddy from Blue Rodeo. Hi, I am Zach Wood. Hey, guys, it's Alexis Adoria, seven-time NHRA national event champion. Hey, what's going on? This is Bubbles. This is Ricky. This is Julian. And you're listening to the Toddcast Podcast, baby. <laughs> the word of the day is sacrifice. Do you have the personal fortitude to sacrifice things in your life in order to gain in other areas? Will you dig in when it comes time, when it gets tough? Will you put in the extra hours to edge out the competition? Dallas Cowboys defensive tackle Christian Covington knows this better than most, and when he called up to be a guest, he inspired, told great stories, and proved why he's one of Vancouver's best sports exports. You're going to love this interview that's coming up. So is professional poker player and former pro hockey player Greg Mueller, couple beauties in the sports world this week. And for shits and giggles, and because he's one of the best frontmen in punk, Lagwagon singer Joey Cape is a guest. In fact, you're going to hear some of that conversation in a minute. Uh, my name is Todd Hancock. Thank you for checking us out. If you like what you're about to hear, subscribe, tell a friend, follow on social media, all that stuff helps out. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify, SoundCloud as well. Appreciate you being here. Uh, coming up in just a few minutes, in Stop Me If You've Heard This Before, Steel Panther drummer Styx Zedinia shares the story of how they came to write It Won't Suck Itself with Nickelback singer Chad Kruger. Great story, quick story. That's brought to you by ProTech Welding, steel fabrication, good buddies on the North Shore here in Vancouver. You can find them online through ProTechWelding.com. First, our first guest of three, Lagwagon singer Joey Cape. This week's musical guest brought to you by the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe. You can find them at 579 Dunsmere, downtown Vancouver. Of course, you're going to know Lagwagon, from nine studio records, got some EPs and live stuff and all that. California Punk Rock formed in 1990, although they did go on a hiatus in 2000. They got back together a few times over the years. Of course, now they're knee-deep. As mentioned, nine albums. Their latest, called Railer, just came out less than a couple of months ago, in fact, in October of this year. Lagwagon have a pretty decent following in North America, always have. Same thing for Asia. And when you start to name off influential punk bands, Green Day, Rancid, The Offspring, you better include Lagwagon. They've all toured together over the years, all cut from the same fabric. Solid dude, this Joey Cape. I think we talked uh, once back in my radio days at Seafox in Vancouver, but this would have been back something like 2002-ish. Super happy to have been able to secure him for the podcast. Uh, been a fan for many, many years. Hear the full talk at our iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud pages. Search out Toddcast Podcast. In the meantime, here's 10 minutes with Lagwagon singer Joey Cape. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. What was the music in the Cape House you know, as a kid growing up, what are the bands your parents are playing? Well, my mom was a big fan of the sort of singer-songwriter genre, you know, women and men, uh, like Simon and Garfunkel, Lynn Ronstadt, Creedence, mm -hmm. um, Clearwater Revival, The Beatles, of course, uh, all sorts of female singers like Carly Simon and Carol King, and that stuff was just being played on a regular basis in my house or in, you know, on cassette in the car or something later. 
uh, my father listened to a lot of classical music. Oh, no so my father left, he left when I was really young, so that just maybe left a little mark, you know? I, I It's in there somewhere, you know? Yeah. But the singer-songwriter thing kind of prevailed, and I think after my dad split in the 70s, I, I imagine my mom, I just speculate a little because you can't remember exactly what went down, but I imagine that that sort of ramped up. Because, you know, if, you know what, I mean, those songs are sad, a lot of them, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So I think, I don't know, that got in my blood really early. And I still love that stuff. I love to put on all of it. You know, I, I yeah. have a big vinyl collection. I listen to a lot of that stuff still. Well, it's almost, uh, at that point, it would be comfort music, I, I would imagine. Totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Who do you credit Great then? Fans, you know? who, who do you credit then for you know the punk path? Well, sometimes I credit one guy, this guy Matt Davis, who uh, I was I was a drummer, and it was I'm in eighth grade, our eighth grade, and I'm playing Caroline Farrell's birthday party with this cover band uh, made up of some dudes that I knew, and uh, we're playing for her sixteenth birthday party. This is like nineteen. 80 yeah and matt is one of like a handful of punks in our little town and he shows up with his little entourage um and you know those dudes were kind of scary when i was 14 and uh and he he comes up to me after the show and he goes hey man you going to high school next year like yeah and he goes you're gonna be in my band and i'm like Okay, don't beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. I'll be there. Yeah. But I had already heard, I think, you know, at that point, of course, I heard like Dead Kennedys and Sex Pistols and the Ramones. And I liked that stuff already, but I was into metal too. And I, you know, and then it just, it's like natural progression stuff to go from hard rock and metal and, you know, that heavy stuff that kids like when you hear punk rock and you mix it with Ronald Reagan and pretty easy to identify with. And the first love to me was like the LA punk stuff. But I started hanging out with those guys right, right when I went into high school. And then I stopped going to school and I started doing drugs and started listening to punk rock and going to punk rock shows and did all the fun stuff that you're supposed you to do. Yeah. You know, the rite of passage. <laughs> yeah, of course. And what was your first concert that you attended? How old were you? The first, well, the first concert I attended doesn't really count. I mean, my parents <laughs> took me when I was like seven to see a, a singer, uh, a lesbian singer activist named Holly Near. Okay. Who was terrible. I mean, I tried over the years to buy her records and get into her. Like, there must be something other than the politics, you know, and, and the women's lib, which is rad. I mean, it's cool. She was, she was awesome. But her music sucks terrible uh and yeah i don't even remember the show i think i got chicken pox you know yeah that was like all kids all got that back then and i i i got it like the day of the thing so i was like i had a fever and i don't remember the first show i remember my first punk show though mm. it was x the band x and ugh, i can't remember the other band just i have to look it up again but uh, it was at a place called the Starwood in Los Angeles, and I had to sneak out of the house to go. <laughs> I'd sneak out of awesome. my, my window, and I'd go out through 
or I sneak out through the garage and then I go out this back door, which is the opposite end of like a, you know, uh, uh, my parents' house. Then I'd have to like sneak out of the driveway, run down the street about two blocks and get picked up by a friend. Right. And I think it was this guy Pike picked me up and we drove down to LA, which was like an hour and a half and went to the show. Really weird, you know, experiences and then sneak back in at three in the morning. Right. That kind of thing. I did that for a long time. Tons of shows. Yeah. Months and months. The, yeah. The right of passage. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Until, <laughs> until like I got expelled from school and all this other bad shit happened. I kind of had to come clean right. with my folks, you know? <laughs> awesome. New Lagwagon is out on the 4th of October. This is your first record in what? Five years. You're, yeah. you're three decades in. Does it get any easier to write and record songs? I mean, yes and no. Uh, this record was difficult but short. You know, I we had scheduled the, the time to record the album, and I was, when we, did, when we scheduled it, I was just wrapping up my last solo album, Let Me Know When You Give Up, and uh, I had been working on that for a long time. <clears throat> and then... There was a, a, a few issues, that, and that thing got kind of delayed and didn't really get wrapped up until about six minutes later than it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I only had like three weeks to really get my shit together with Lagwagon. And we, we decided to just go for it and keep the you know the dates on the books, you know, because we had like tours we were working on. Like, you know, we really kind of had a plan. Um and so it was funny. I, I, I was sitting there for like 18 hours a day in front of a con, you know, in a studio with a click track and a guitar direct input in my hand, just going, well, I like this riff I got, like, you know, just kind of whipping stuff together and going, this sounds like like it wasn't. And um, I think I just finally got to a point where I've been writing and I've been songs for so long. <clears throat> but it, I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but it came really naturally, and I really loved the record. Like, it just kind of came together. And Little Joe, our bass player, wrote a few tunes for the record, and his songs are awesome. They just sort of sound really routine for our band. And mm-hmm. um, Yeah, I'm stoked on the record. I think it just came out really great, but it was kind of miraculous. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, uh, sometimes it happens like that, I mean, right? The, the songwriting thing is really uh, twofold, though. I mean, it, 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 in some ways, it gets easier and easier to do it because you know who you are and you know totally. what gets you what, what gets you off. You know, so it's like sex or something. I mean, you know what to do. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you you become bored with the things you've done, and you become more hypercritical and hyperanalytical, and yeah. So it's like you know everything can very easily become sort of like, uh, yeah, I've done this before, this is trite, this is boring. Mm-hmm. So it's tricky, it's tricky, but um, yeah, I, I don't know, it, it's really hit and miss. Like some records that I work on, I struggle with in the take years, and then in the end, I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. Other times you write a record in two weeks, and you're like, I love this. Hmm. So maybe the key is not worrying about it so much. But <laughs> totally. that's, hard, that's hard to do, <laughs> <Of> you know? <course. laughs> no kidding. All right. You know, when I mentioned that uh, on social media that you're coming on to be a guest, lots of Lagwagon uh, fan questions. So let's dive into those. Cool. Mike is wondering, what are you currently binge watching? Um, well, I, I, I'm, I'm in a little gap 
because I just finished the new season of Mindhunter on Netflix, which I fucking love. I love, love, love that show. You know, it's it's about the uh, development in forensic science in in uh, and um, the understanding of serial killers. It takes place in the seventies. There's been two seasons so far. Mm-hmm. It's very well written. It's really smart. I loved it. The first season's great. They actually have. It's based on facts, you know. It's not fiction. Um, I imagine a little bit of it is, but they have real serial killers in the show, played by actors, and mm-hmm. they nail the period. And I don't know. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I like same. the macabre stuff. Yeah. But um, I just finished up that, and then I dived into another more lighthearted thing called Limitless, which is based on that Bradley Cooper movie and produced by him. And it was a one season kind of fail, mm. but. Uh, Jennifer Carpenter, who was in Dexter, who played Dexter's sister in that series, okay. is the star, and it's you know it's about this NDT drug that gives you superpower brain. It allows you to utilize your whole brain. I mean, it's science fiction, but it's pretty cool. It wasn't that good actually, but Mindhunter was awesome. Mm. And then last night, you know, like I do this thing. It's sort of a ritual. I either it used to be every night I'd read before I went to bed because it helped me sleep, but now I'm in this. I guess I'm kind of getting hooked on, you know, just pulling up Netflix or Amazon Prime and watching series. Oh, I finished The Boys a little while ago, that Amazon Prime, um, you know, superhero, comic-y kind of series, and that was great. That was good, yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, yeah, that's it. I mean, right now, I don't know, any suggestions? Yeah. Uh, I guess they can't answer. They can't answer me, can they? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> What do you think, what do you say, Mike? Ask my dog. <laughs> Musical guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe. Check them out at 579 Dunsmere, downtown Vancouver.
now, stop me if you've heard this before on the Toddcast Podcast. Did you know that Steel Panther weren't always called Steel Panther? They changed their name from Metal School in 2008. At the beginning of their career, it was all about the Hollywood Sunset Strip, and they dominated at the Viper Room. Today, they play festivals with 50,000, 60,000 people. Did you see the Corey Taylor clip, Corey from Slipknot? Join them on stage at Download in 2012. That is worth the Google. Talk to most rock musicians, and they love Steel Panther. They're a great live band. They're good guys. What's not to like? They've won awards with Loudwire and Metal Hammer. They've debuted number one on Billboard's comedy album chart. There's nothing slowing these guys down. And when Steel Panther drummer Stick Zidinia called to be a guest, we talked about binge-watching the OA and Love, Death, and Robots. That's a great show. He talked about playing the Donington Festival and how cool that was, seeing Neil Diamond and Lita Ford in concert, having an out-of-body experience. He may have been dicking around, actually, with that. I'm not sure. He shared some thoughts on the Motley Crue movie, how John Bonham is God. He talked about the transition in Van Halen from David Lee Roth to Sammy Hagar. The superpower of invisibility came up. And stop me if you've heard this before. Sticks talked about recording It Won't Suck Itself with Nickelback singer Chad Kruger. Working with Chad was a, was a blast. We went up to his house and uh, he had a girl there who her only job was to roll joints. It was it was crazy. I, I swear to God. It was like, I'm not kidding. Her, that was her job. I mean, maybe she had other jobs, but that was definitely her job. That job that, that afternoon was I'm rolling joints. Yeah, and you know he was really fun to work with. He was he was super cool, um, very creative dude. And I, it, we it, the song came together really fast. It was like we were sitting around, and you know Satchel had a guitar. He came up with that riff, and then I found it really interesting to watch Chad uh, come up with lyrics. You know, because it's always interesting to watch somebody. When you when you write with somebody new, you don't you never know how it's going to go because writing is very personal. And so when you when you do that with somebody, especially somebody who's had that many fucking hits, right. it was pretty. It was a great experience to watch his fucking mind work. It was really cool. Stop me if you've heard this before. On the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by ProTech Welding, a CWB certified steel fabrication shop in North Vancouver, and online at protechwelding.com.
are Bonds of Mara, and that's their top 20 Canadian rock radio hit called Lights Out, and a little bit of a shakeup in their camp. Maybe this, in fact, is news to you. Brian Byrne, who was the second singer in I Mother Earth after Edwin, Brian was in the band. He left the band, making way for another Brian. This time it's Brian Crouch. Remember the band called Hail the Villain? Well, they're playing a podcast show in February, February 15th. No Liars and Crankshaft will open up the night. This is Bonds of Mara's first show in Vancouver for sure. And I wonder how many shows they'll have under their belt by February. Could this be their first with new singer Brian? Regardless, it's going to be a great show, February 15th, 2020. We're announcing 2020 shows. You can grab $10 tickets right now through myshowpass.com. It's 15 bucks if you wait for the door. Play just Spendo and the Skins. That was a new song for those guys, or at least a new one for the podcast. It's called Losing Sleep, and you can catch them at the end of the month, right after the jolly old fat man comes down your chimney. Things that sound dirty that aren't. Toddcast Podcast, Friday Nights, Volume 29. It's the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe, December 27. Spendo and the Skins, Sleep Circle, and Johnny Wrath. And for a measly eight bucks through myshowpass.com, these bad boys would look pretty good sticking out of the stockings. Just saying. Speaking of live music, you can find info for those shows and a bunch more through the indie scene at toddhancock.ca. Bunch of great shows, always, in fact, great shows happening locally in the area. Make sure you get out there, support the band, support the scene. It's brought to you by Mystic Rhythms Rehearsal Studios. 40 plus years experience in the music industry. Super nice people as well. Find them through mysticrhythms.ca. Of course, on Facebook and Twitter as well. Coming up later on, in the podcast, in Listen to This, Supergirl actor David Harewood, you know him as Martian Manhunter on that show, he talked about his career highlight and what he says might surprise you. It's powered by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley. Time to winterize if you haven't already. RV service and repairs, ICBC accredited, good people. Find them online through Tedco RV Supplies Inc. Com. First, the second of three Toddcast guests this week is Dallas Cowboys defensive tackle Christian Covington, this week's sporting guest, brought to you by Block E Media. Grow your business online, social media marketing, digital advertising, and a lot more. Keep up with them through blockemedia.com. Now, Christian Covington was born in Vancouver, local kid, done well. Football's always been in his life. His dad, Grover Covington, was a stellar player, had an awesome career in the CFL and is a member of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. You might say football kind of runs in Christian's blood. No surprise, he crushed it at the high school level, clobbered playing college football for Rice. Check these numbers out, stats guy. In 2012, playing for Rice, Christian played 12 games, 43 tackles, five sacks. In 2013, he was named first team all-conference USA. The kid had 59 tackles and four sacks. Beast. Drafted by the Houston Texans in 2015, sixth round, 216th overall, had four solid years with them, and then got the call, bring, bring. His agent calls up, dude, March 14th of this year, 2019, you are signing a one-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys. We're super proud of Christian and what he has accomplished. What an inspiring story. The full conversation is definitely worth hearing. 
search it out through Toddcast Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Till you hear that, here's 10 minutes with Dallas Cowboys defensive tackle Christian Covington. The Toddcast Podcast. What's that first football memory for you? Uh, first football memory, man. Um, I've had a lot. Um, I mean, as you said, you know, especially with who my father was, you know, football, it's, it's really been a part of my entire, my whole entire life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from, I, I was introduced to the game at a very young age, obviously because of my father and, and his associates and, you know, former uh, teammates, coaches, and just people who were able to, you know, influence him in the best of ways. And it, Really, my earliest my earliest uh, recollection of, of football really just came from uh, my dad. Really, um, you know, he used to, he coached at my high school ever since I was in the. Uh, he, was, he was a football coach at my uh, prep school mm. at well at Vancouver College ever since I started there. And uh, really, my earliest memories were just being on the field with him as a little kid, like watching him coach and seeing how uh, he would coach his players, and I'd just be on the sideline with my sisters, like kind of mimicking them on the side and like going through little drills and we'd go through the you know hurdle bags and we'd be hitting the pop-up bags you know whenever they moved on to another drill and yeah yeah i mean yeah that's like the earliest real that's really the earliest recollection i have of you know this game um taking it back to you really the first like the first second grade yeah 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 now now shoot us honest here christian uh your dad's a hall of famer cfl has he ever said to you come on cfl why are you playing the nfl what's going on <laughs> actually it's been the uh, it, it was it was quite the opposite um, i'm sure it was. Uh, we, we, we talk about this all we talk about this all the time um him being you know him being the american who played professionally in canada me being the canadian who ended up playing professionally in america you know it's, it, we always talk about how it's, it's crazy how we literally like flip-flop yeah and um, I mean, truly like the dallas if you're playing for the nfl the dallas cowboys can it get better than that though at this point, it can't. Like, um, no, this is no. It's um, no. It's, it's and it's crazy too. My, this is the one NFL team that uh, my parents were both fans of uh, when they had me. Uh, so I remember, you know, I, I spent. You know, it's kind of, it's also kind of crazy, you know, knowing this is my fifth year in the league. Um, and you know, I was right. blessed to you know blessed to start off you know with such a with having an amazing career with Houston for four years. But I know when uh, when I got the call from my agent. I know solidifying that I was going to be a Dallas Cowboy. I remember my, my parents were literally in my living room down in Houston. And uh, I, I literally got off the phone with them and I looked at her and was like, mom, I'm a Cowboy. And she started crying. So yeah. now this is a team. I know this is, yeah, this is a team that my parents, when they had me, at, at, when they had me when, when I was very young, um, this is a team that they really uh, enjoyed uh, watching. And I know my mom always dreamed of, of me being a Cowboy. So it's kind of, kind of cool being able to being able to fulfill that dream of hers yeah dude i you know, I wish we were uh you know in the same room together you've literally put the hair on my arms on end <laughs> like, what a great story man how old were you when you realized like hey maybe i i can go all the way with this i didn't really click until i want to say my yeah my second year in college okay my second year in college so why I was did about, it take like, that long um, you know, I knew, obviously, you know, my, during my time in high school, like I knew, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to be humble and everything like that, but like I dominated in high school. I can say that. Right. Uh, and you know, it's at the same time, it's, it's kind of, um, it's all about perspective. It's all about, you know, just being able to understand like where you're at in that point in your life. So for me being, you know, I was, uh, I was one of the best players in Canada, you know, coming out of high school and, and but that's the thing, like, 
I wasn't, I was, I was coming from, I was coming from Canada. And so, um, you know, we have so many, I mean, I play with such great, uh, I play with, you know, my teammates that I grew up with, you know, some of them are still, some are still playing in the CFL. Uh, you know, some have gone on, had went on to have great, you know, football careers and, you know, that we have, there are, there is talent in Canada. Um, but you know, just com- in comparison to the United States, like, let's just, let's just be honest. Like the talent, well, the, the sample talent size is, is, is like, insane. Yeah. There. Yeah. It's, 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 it's ridiculously yeah. insane. So, um, I just, I had everything, you know, I just, I, I kept everything just real with myself and I, I, I tried to just keep it real, you know, and, and, and within and keeping it to perspective for myself and to not really be, um, to outdo myself if that's the right word. Um, and so, I didn't. I knew. I knew what I was capable of coming out of high school, and I wanted to be able to, you know, showcase what I could do when I went to Rice, uh, when I went to college down south. And really, once I was able to truly test myself against, you know, guys who played Texas high school football, who've been in the college system for a couple of years. Once I was able to truly, you know, test my mettle against guys like that and be able to, you know, win and then eventually dominate in college and in, in, in the college practices and early on in my you know, early on in my college career, I'm just like that's when it finally clicked. Like, you know what? I can do this. I know, I know that I'm, I, 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 as long as I put the work in, continue to do what I'm doing every single day, day in, day out, on and off the practice field. You know what? This can, my dreams can become a reality. Mm-hmm. Let's get outside of football for a second and, and kind of get to know you a little bit. We have a Dallas Cowboys defensive tackle, Christian Covington on the podcast tonight. Um, what are some of your favorite shows right now that you're binge watching? What are you, what are you binging if you have time? <laughs> right that's what yeah, it comes down bit, to man oh man that's a good question um binging it's kind of hard just because like there's so many you know, there's like there's so many things out there i know right and, it's like and, and now and well yeah it's like it's now becoming that because of the whole subscription the yeah. subscription era yeah, that dude, we live disney's in disney's like coming that. out now with like disney pixar there's national geographic well, on it like well, see, they, and it's like I'm, eight I'm, bucks well, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I've already signed up for that, so that's a guarantee. Uh, right. Um, <laughs> so I know I'm getting that, but um, as far as like other shows, I guess binge watching has been. I I I, I like to do my reruns of um, shoot, How I Met Your Mother, Parks mm-hmm. and Recreation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually started watching Dexter for the first time ever. Oh, yeah. My sisters told You're me. My like sisters that. told me about that. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I watched El Camino on Netflix, and now I'm thinking oh. about rewatching Breaking Bad again. I haven't, so, I haven't watched El Camino yet. How was it? Oh, excellent, was excellent, it? excellent, excellent. Yeah, and uh, I guess series. like in wow. yeah, a couple, yeah, a couple, uh, couple, yeah, a couple other shows here and there yeah. whenever I have time. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me hit you with this one. It, it feels like you're a, a comic booky kind of guy. So if how did, and, how and, did you tell? And maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. If you could have one superpower, which power would you want to have? Dude, that's a hard one because like I just I, I love know, them right? all because there's so many good I will, ones. I will go with I I will go with the one that I grew up wanting to have because like right now I'm just like you know maybe I want to be a, uh, a telekinetic but it's like no yeah. you know what I got to be true to myself and young Christian said he wanted to be like Nightcrawler so <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with teleportation yes dude literally you need to listen to my uh this if you could have a superpower themed podcast i've done a few of them okay and and, and that's the one there, there's not a better power than teleportation there just Honestly, yeah. isn't it comes in handy in any situation i'm just saying anywhere like, like dude i could teleport to you right now 
Exactly. Uh, it, you'd have to be able to hold like whatever you could carry on your person though. So like if you really wanted to, you could like, you know, firemen carry your buddy and then teleport somewhere with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it could be just you. I mean, even if it was just you, it'd be still pretty awesome. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. If, yeah, I, if, whoever, if whoever I'm able to touch or something like that, like, uh, like if you believe, yeah, you're coming with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if you've seen that place, even if it's just in a picture, like you look exactly. at like, the Eiffel Tower we're, or whatever, there. boom, you're there. there. That'd be amazing. I don't know that Nightcrawler's actual power could do that though. I think he had to be able to see. Yes, he had to be able to within his sight line. I think it was he had to actually vividly be able to like um, see the see the place that he was going and like know this like you know have like have the familiarity of of the place. So, yeah, yeah, I think so. Something like that. Which movie the, of the whole uh, Marvel? I even go DC, I suppose. Which has been your favorite movie? Oh, that's so hard. Another tough um, one because like even right out of the gate, dude, the Iron Man. Yeah, that yeah. Was um, the bar, and everybody's like, "Okay." Then. I'm not gonna, yeah, because I'm a huge, I'm a huge Marvel fan. Yeah, I'm yeah. a huge Marvel fan, so, um, and I love DC. I love DC too. Yeah, and, it's uh, like I'm Marvel. Loving, I honestly, more. if if DC, if DC's going in the direction with the, what they're doing with Joker, I hope that they continue that because that was just an outstanding movie. I have to say that. Right. Um, that was just on, in my honest opinion, that was a masterpiece. Um, but so as far many as people Marvel, say that. Uh, as far as Marvel is concerned, um, I'm honestly gonna go with Guardians of the Galaxy, the original, the original, the, the volume one. Yeah. Um, just because, and it's it's again, this is such a hard question because they're li- I, I could I literally could have said I could have said that I could have said Ragnarok I could have said Black Panther I could have said so Iron Man uh, Iron Man one. Yeah. Uh, but like I'll go with that one just because of the fact that I feel like. That truly it introduced us to the cosmic aspect of Marvel, and it took us, um, it took us all by surprise because nobody really knew. I'm, I mean, even, and we're all like, you know, I'm a Marvel fan, but even then, to that extent, like I wasn't. I'm not. I haven't read like every single edition of the comic books of every single issue that's ever been created, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Like I can't, and I know like generally about you know mostly about like all the you know uh, most of the Marvel family and stuff like that. But as you know. When that movie was announced, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure 95% of the population was saying, who? Sporting guests of the Toddcast podcast are brought to you by Block E Media Inc. Digital marketing plans and solutions. Done for you and done with you. Online at blockemedia.com. I want it. I need it. Too much ain't enough for me yet. When I see it. There's no turning round No stalling, snowballing One down and the next one calling I'm all in, there's no stopping now I want it, I need it Too much ain't enough for me yet when I see it, there's no turning round No stalling, snowballing One down and the next one calling I'm all in, there's no stopping now oh. 
And now, listen to this on the Toddcast Podcast. If you're a fan of comic books, the movies, the TV shows, even the slightest bit, you got to be loving all the Marvel and DC content that's being created and pushed out. There seems to be a never-ending supply. One of those TV shows filmed in Vancouver, Supergirl, features actor David Harewood as Martian Manhunter. You'll also know David from Homeland. He was the CIA's counterterrorism director, just a brilliant actor, trained at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, has a ton of TV and film experience going back to 1993. And when David called up the podcast, we talked about being the class clown. He talked about how his role on Supergirl was offered to him. On a dinner date, if he's looking to impress friends, he'll cook up a lamb curry. We talked about 12 Angry Men, Aliens Visiting Earth, classic movies with Kirk Douglas. He shared his thoughts on legalized marijuana. We talked about the superpower of flight at bullet speed. And David shared his career highlight. Listen to this. Wow, career highlight. I mean, I mean, it's, it has, has to be Homeland. I mean, I mean, literally, the, 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 year, the year I got Homeland, uh, my my the year before I got Homeland, my best mate in the world, who used to kind of make me laugh and tell me all these, you know, we just used to laugh all the time. And he was the one person who was convinced that I was going to make it, and um, was would always just, con- just tell me, "Look, don't worry about it. You're going to make it." I would no no fear about it whatsoever. Absolutely convinced about it, and uh, I'm I'm. My daughter's birthday. We were about to walk out and um, go and get go and get some food. For my daughter's birthday. I got this phone call, and he died. Just he had a routine knee operation, and he was dead. And uh, it just completely destroyed me. Wow. I was kind of like, I just lost my kind of rock, and I was I kind of was heavily grieving for about a year. I didn't work for nine months. I just lost all my mojo. Mm. lost my confidence, just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I, and I was just convinced I was going to go under. I couldn't pay my mortgage. I was fucked. I was just, no, I had no money. Mm. Uh, and, and I was, I was near, very nearly broke. And um, my manager phoned me up and said, I said, look, you know, I've got this job. Uh, you know, they want to, they want your tape. Would you put yourself on tape? And I refused it. I said, no, I'm not in the mood. And then about a month later, he said, look, Dave, you know, they're still asking, would you really put yourself on tape? I said, I really, I haven't got the, I haven't got it. He went, just, he said, just put yourself, just, just do it. He said, just put yourself on tape for it. Just one time, just raise yourself and just do it. And I, and I did it. And then about a month later, uh, I got a phone call from my agent saying, congratulations. I said, what's that? He said, you just got Homeland. <laughs> awesome. And I, 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 I put a phone down and I said to my wife, I, I fucking got it. She said, what? I said, I've got that job, Homeland. And my wife started to tear up. And I, and she, I said, what's up? She said, do you know what date it is today? I went, no. She went, it's Louis's birthday. It's my mate's fucking birthday. Come on. I swear to God, on his birthday the next year, and I have not stopped working since. Wow. Dude, I literally have my arm hair is standing and on the, end right the, now. The, the, the dude from being broke one year and grieving and lost, the very next year, we won everything. So it won the Golden Globes. It wow. won. It won. It won. It won everything. So I was one year broke. You know. You know. Just absolutely 
I'm down to my last dollar. And then the next year, I was, I'm, I'm, you know, at parties with fucking movie stars and TV stars and walking past Charlie Theron and Leonardo DiCaprio and De Niro. And, and I'm like in this room with all these fucking megastars. And I'm just sitting there thinking, Jesus Christ, you know, it can happen that quickly. What you know? a story. So I, I just kind of thought to myself, this is, from from being really low to being really high, so that was that was my that that year winning winning everything with Homeland and the Emmys and the Golden Globes and every time I went down that red carpet, I was just thinking, Jesus Christ, when did they? You know, so wow. that was that was my highlight. Listen to this on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, an ICBC approved repair shop. Find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com.
That band is Tuke, Never Enough For You, fronted by the man who's performing for the next Toddcast podcast, Cheap Thrills, Volume 17. We were just over a week away. Todd Kearns, acoustic, intimate, interactive, the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe, downtown Vancouver, December 12th. Would love for you to be there. It's a Thursday night, so we'll kind of get things rolling fairly early. We realize it's school night. Around 8, 8.15, and probably get things wrapped up by around 10, 10.30, no later. Around there. But if you can believe it, tickets are only 10 bucks through myshowpass.com. That is, if there's still any left. I'm not sure. Played your Redwoods, and their song was No Stopping Now, and was talking to the boys about playing a show in the new year, and they are on board. I think we're going to be announcing those details in the next three, four months, something like that. They're on, for sure, though. All right, Todd's Trolls is coming up. The stupid, the mean, the hurtful, and truly, it's the funny things that people say to what you post, what you see online. This week, Target set to Muse, a Christmas Prince, and the Pac-12 Football Championships. They're all sharing the spotlight. It's powered by Good Times Gin and Tonics, putting the GTs back in the G&T. Find them through goodtimesdrink.com, and they're all over Twitter lately. Whoever's running that's doing a fantastic job. Uh, Trolls is coming up. Okay, our final guest of episode 210, former pro hockey player and professional poker player, Greg Mueller. This week's entertainment guest, brought to you by Pete's Meat in Kitsilano, butcher shop, and an awesome little deli as well. Quality, natural, sustainable, Vancouver's best butcher shop by a landslide. Say that five times fast. You can find them through 12th and Arbutus. And again, beautiful Kitsilano, Vancouver. Let's look at Greg's life in hockey first, as you'll now know him as a professional poker player. But Greg's a former pro hockey player as well, a defenseman. Born in Switzerland, he started playing pro hockey over in Germany in 1992. He played his entire career there. And if you've been to a Canucks game this year and have seen the zombie promo that they put up, you know, the big jumbotron above the ice, Greg is the lead zombie in that Canucks promo, which I thought was pretty neat, hey? It was through hockey, of course, surprise, surprise, that Greg started playing poker. And when he retired from hockey, he decided to give it a go, started playing in poker tournaments, and he's done really well. Has three World Series of Poker bracelets, got his first in 2009, he got his third just this year. Over his career, he's won almost 3.5 million bucks from playing poker, not too shabby. Really nice guy. We follow each other on social media, chirp him off from time to time. You're going to love the full conversation. Uh, called him up while he was having a bit of a soak in the old hot tub. It's posted right now at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud pages. A simple search again of Toddcast Podcast. Till then, here's 10 minutes with former pro hockey player and professional poker player, Greg Mueller. The Toddcast Podcast. What's your first memory of, of hockey? Jeez, my first memory. Uh, well, my dad, my 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 dad's German, and so he had me in soccer when I was a kid. And a lot of my my buddies at school they played hockey. So I remember being in grade one and just asking my parents to drop me off at the rink and just watch my five, six, seven year old buddies play. And I just loved it so much that that I wanted to play, mm-hmm. you know, it was, uh, so I would go play soccer and then go watch the hockey. And then eventually I convinced my, my parents to put me into, into hockey. And it's kind of been my life ever since. So walk us through, did you ever try for, for the NHL? Cause you professionally in Germany. I, 
I played in the in the highest league there, the DEL, called the Dutch Ice Hockey League. Yeah. I mean, I was a I was a late bloomer um, mm. in everything in life. You know, my size, my confidence, like it just it, it took me a little uh, took me a little longer um, to you know grow into my body and went from being a tall, gangly you know kid to you know it took me a while to to mature and to, to uh, grow into your size. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and and I think by that time, you know, when the to have a chance at the NHL, you have to dominate uh, the Western Hockey League at 18, and and I was certainly nowhere nowhere near that at, at that age. And yeah. you know, I trained harder at 19, 20ish kind of thing, and had an opportunity to go over over to Europe. And within a couple of years, I I I really worked uh, worked hard at my skating, which was always very bad, and and worked hard at that, and and you know did a lot of lifting and 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 off ice training, and and you know, turn into a decent hockey player, but but by that time you missed the boat for the NHL, so that was never really an option. But uh, I had a, a really you know really good time and really good experience over overseas. What do you think is more uh, demanding mentally, playing professional hockey, being a D man, or professional poker player? What's what takes more? Well, kind of well, it's funny. There, people often ask me that. I mean, there, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, just the sure. The competitive aspect of it, you know, being a ex-professional athlete, obviously you're competitive and playing poker in these tournaments and competitions. You know, you want to win. I mean, that's the the first thing is the the, the drive to win. But also, you know, discipline is uh, extremely important and probably the most similar aspect. I mean, you know, when when you're playing professional hockey, you have to take care of your body. You know, you have to train really hard. You got to get up early. You got to eat right. These are things that you kind of take for granted at the time. And now, realizing when you're out of the game, how easy it is to not go work out, to eat poorly, right. third after dessert. And you know, when you're when you're playing, and you know, that, a few extra pounds on it slows you down and can make all the difference. And in the poker world, it's a different type of discipline. I mean, for me, I play the best poker when I'm physically fit too. Like mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a good summer, one one my third bracelet, and and a big part of that was because I trained really hard in the off season to be really fit, which which in turn helps me mentally, but also physically when you're putting in all the hours and and everything. You know, other people not so much. They they play poker, they're heavier, they don't care, it doesn't bother them. To me, it really it really makes a difference, and then. That's the first part of the similarity as far as the you know tr- trying to be extra uh, physically fit, but obviously the mental toughness. Um, you know, just like in hockey, if a guy gives you a cheap shot, you know you you can't just turn around instinctively and chop him and take a penalty. That's going to hurt your team. You have to kind of wait till later, wait till the game's out of hand, or mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And the same thing as in poker, if a guy gives you a bad beat, you just despising his look for whatever reason or the way he acts or maybe he's cocky or the way he throws the chips and you just want to get him really bad you can't sometimes a situation just comes across where he has way more chips than you and you can't battle with him or you're not getting the hands and you have to stay patient and that's where a lot of people make mistakes is they want to beat somebody really bad and then make uh, poor you know mathematical decisions and and and, that, and that's where the discipline comes in just to be patient you know, um, things aren't going your way, and you know you have to just, you know, stay with it and, and weather the storm and, and battle the adversity. And that's, you know, that's takes a lot of discipline. Very similar to you know 
to being a professional um, hockey player. You had mentioned uh, the the bracelets. You've won three. Correct. What stands out from the first time that you won in, what, uh, 10 years ago, I guess now? Yeah, exactly. Well, the difference is my, my, my passion and hunger for the game. I mean, back then, I was... I would go on the road and I was always on the road and I would drop my suitcases off and not unpack and play 20 hours before I even unpacked. Like that's how much I loved playing poker. That's how much I wanted to be on the felt and, and just play. And you know, now I don't go on the road very much at all. I go for the world series of poker and you know, I love watching my sports. I got a nice setup with a bunch of TVs and I love to bet on the games. That's my competition. I kind of, you know, A, study who I think is going to win, B, looking at the lines going, hmm, I feel like this is too easy. This is like a Captain Obvious side. Like, a lot of my buddies will be like, yeah, I think I'm going to take this side. And I'm like, yeah, all five of them are on the same side. Well, guess what? The public doesn't beat Las Vegas odds makers. So when I see that and I'm on their side, I'm like, hmm, something's wrong. I think I'm going to go on the Something's other side. off, yeah, yeah. So, and, and so, like, that's kind of, I get excited. Ooh, the game's on at five and, you know, whether it's baseball, hockey, NFL, I, I'm pumped about that, you know, whereas going on the road, you know, traveling, sitting at the table 10 hours, not exercising, you know, it's, I, I just don't enjoy it as much anymore, so I guess back to your original question, it was easy to have that hunger to win uh, when I did 10 years ago, you know, and then also just, you know, getting the, the, the poker world's most coveted prize of winning a bracelet, which is everybody's dream, you know, once I won one and then like had a couple seconds, I won one and then I, boom, a week later I won another one. I just, I, I lost kind of my hunger. And then this year I kind of said, you know what? Um, a, it's a young man's game, just like the sports is like, they're just so fast, the kids and, and they think quickly and the stamina and, you know, it's becoming a young man's game. I was like, you know what? I, 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 I want to see if I can, if I can still do it kind of. And, and, uh, like I said, I came in tip top shape into the summer and, and, did something I don't usually do at all on my Instagram was I said, Hey, I'm going to, I'll be, I put up a picture of a final table from a few years ago. And I said, I'll be making one of these final tables real soon. And <laughs> nice. sure enough, five days later I was there and, and, and I wanted, and the special thing about this one was, is, you know, I didn't feel like I had the cards to win it. It wasn't like I was getting, you know, aces and the guy would have Kings or it wasn't like that. Like I was battling a short stack, grinding away, looking for opportunities, making, like I watched the the whole thing. It was on uh, CBS down south, and and uh, and I watched it after the tournament. I was so you know my adrenaline. I went into my hotel room and watched it, and I was so thrilled with how I played with the big laydowns I made and the big hero calls that I made. And uh, so this one was different as far as special goes. You know, the first one's always really special. Yeah. This one was probably equally special, just in a different in a different light. Man, oh man, and three. Amazing. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah, thank you. And like I said, I don't, uh, you know, I think Daniel has uh, six uh, as far as the top Canadian, Daniel Negrano. Right. And, hey, he deserves it. He's a great player, a good ambassador. But he plays all the tournaments all the time. And I play, you know, a lot less. Um, I chase the, 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 the glory a lot less. And so being tied for second with my good buddy Dan Adima, actually, as far as each having three bracelets, you know, I'm, 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 I'm proud of that just because, uh, like I said, you know, he, Daniel's got the, the lead as far as, you know, the most bracelets in Canada history and right. my buddy are in second. But like I said, the amount of World Series events that I've played versus 
you know most people is is much lower. So my batting average is is pretty good, and I'm I'm proud of that. And uh, you know who knows, maybe I'll go down next year and win another one. <laughs> maybe that'd be nice. That first win in in 2009 was almost a half a million dollars U.S. When you win money like that, specifically this time. What's the craziest shit that you bought like right away when you win big money like that? <laughs> There's a knee jerk. You're doing something stupid. I mean, not really like that. You know, it's not like it's not like I'm 19 and I just <laughs> had a signing bonus and I'm buying a Corvette and wrapping it around a pool. Like, right. I know some people have done. I mean, I tend to cut loose and have a few drinks and uh, hit the boneyard, which boneyard is slang for craps table. Okay and roll the bones which is the dice and you know i've been known to have some fun doing that and obviously when you're playing games other than poker in the casino you're a favorite to lose when you're playing poker that you're playing against other people the casino just employs a dealer there's winners when you're playing against the casino as you know they have massive hotels free this free that you're not supposed to win and so you know i'll, I'll typically light it up and go for dinner and have a, some nice wine and go hit the old boneyard after and dust off a few thousand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a kid where, where I'm just going to go buck wild and, you know, wake up black out and realizing what I just did or something. No, it's not, it's not quite like that. Wow. That's uh, that's amazing restraint because I think that if it was to fall in my lap, like I'd be doing some messed up shit that night. <laughs> <laughs> Entertainment guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Pete's Meat, Butchery Shop and Deli, 2817 Arbutus, Kitsilano, Vancouver, and online at Pete's-Meat.com.
Podcast Podcast is powered by Milano Coffee, bringing you the finest espresso and coffee concepts in the world. Online at milanocoffee.ca. A look at this week's keyboard warriors, Todd's Trolls, on the Toddcast Podcast. And it is virtually everywhere online. The chirpy garbage comments to pretty much anything and everything. No one and nothing is safe. Not even Muse. Couple Grammy Awards, couple Brit Awards, five MTV Europe Music Awards, eight NME Awards, over 20 million albums sold, and yet they still take heat. They're about to release a 20th anniversary box set on December 6th. It's called Origin of Muse. Oh, good. Another Muse album I'll never listen to. 20 years and not one good song. Who cares? They're as dry as Melba toast. Ugh. Coming to theaters as of this Thursday, December 5th, A Christmas Prince, The Royal Baby. A royal baby's on the way. A 600-year-old sacred trust is in jeopardy. And something about an ancient curse. Why do we give a shit about the royal baby? Oh, that's right. We don't. It's movies like this that make me despise the Christmas season. No offense, of course. If Santa was really listening, he'd stop production on all these garbage Christmas movies. And the 2019 Pac-12 Championship is this Friday, December 6th. Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, California. Two of the best teams in U.S. college football battle for supremacy. Nope, no thanks. I'd rather watch the ticker on drivebc.ca. Watch a bunch of no-names playing football? If I'd wanted to do that, I'd drink beers and watch the boys playing flag football this weekend. Unpopular opinion. Football is the worst sport of all time. Todd's Trolls on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Good Times Gin and Tonics. Putting the GTs back in the GNT. Check out goodtimesdrinks.com. What do you mean rock and roll stay, Johnny? What do you mean rock and roll stay?
They are Johnny Rath and a new song for them called What It Takes. And they have got to be one of the best up and coming rock bands in Vancouver right now. You heard a band called Sleep Circle and their song was called Pumpkinhead. Both of those bands are playing together at the end of the month. The Toddcast Podcast Friday Nights, Volume 29. As we always do at the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe, downtown Vancouver, they present podcast shows the last Friday of every month. December 27th, Spendo in the Skins, Sleep Circle, Johnny Rath, and ho, ho, holy smokes, that is a great show for the season. Could see that one potentially getting pretty drunk out. I think you're really going to like the next week's podcast. 12 guests will share their first concert experience. Which band was your first? Mine was, I age myself here, but whatever. Mine was 1980, up north in Kitimat. Saw the great Dr. Hook at the arena up there. I was seven, eight years old. And my parents used to play them all the time. That, that band was played so much in my, in my house as a kid growing up. It was a bit of a trip. Definitely helped me down the path, if I think back, that I traveled in life. First concerts. On next week's podcast, of course, I want to give a big thanks to this week's guests as well. Lagwagon singer, Joey Cape, dude, been a fan of your band forever. I've been to a handful of your shows over the years as well. Always killer. So appreciate you taking the time to join us. That's super rad. Dallas Cowboys defensive tackle, Christian Covington. I told you during our conversation that we're all super proud of you. Thank you so much, man, for joining us this week. And pro poker player, Greg Mueller, nice to chat, dude. Next time you're in Vancouver, let's grab a bite and some brews and tear the city up a little bit. You're good shit. Appreciate you jumping on. And that's going to do it for episode 210. My name is Todd Hancock. Thank you so much again for listening. Please tell your friends if you like what you heard. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, the geeky stuff. (laughs) Comment and rate the podcast. That helps with the search engine stuff. So if you can, uh, rate it, comment it. That'd be great. Search it out through Toddcast Podcast. Huge thanks to all of our wonderful sponsors. We couldn't do it without their support. You can find all links to all sponsor websites at toddhancock.ca's homepage. And if you want to sponsor the podcast, you can for as little as 10 bucks a day. It's cheap. It's inexpensive. Cheap's a, a negative word, I've been told. It's inexpensive. It won't cost you very much. There's contact info at the homepage. Maybe we'll hang out soon and see what we can do. Till next week, let's wrap this up. Don't be an asshole. Nobody wants to be around that. Have fun, play hard, and most of all, believe in yourself. The Toddcast Podcast. Keep in touch with Todd through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and bookmark toddhancock.ca. 